Look at my butt. Show number 262 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, hello, listeners. Hello. And guess what? It's still snowing in Chicago. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I thought you were like just being funny when you told that to me a minute ago. And nope. then I looked it up on Google. It's like, oh, my God, it's fucking snowing in Chicago. What is happening? I don't know. I think oh. this may be a record for the latest actual snowfall. It's almost May. It's going to be May in like two days. What? What? Just what? Yes. <laughs> that's that's uh that's what we are all doing here we're going what 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 is happening yeah well speaking of what is happening let's talk about discovery shall we oh there um, is so much <laughs> there is so much so i i think let's let's start off by saying we're going to assume that you all listening to this now have watched the parts one and two of the finale so yes that you're we're all not gonna we're not it. gonna hold we're not gonna we're not gonna hold spoilers back. or anything if you haven't watched it come back to our show later when you have Right, because you should watch it. Um, wow, it certainly was a thing. I'll say that uh, there was an awful lot that happened. So I have a, a lot of comments and things that we need to talk about. Yeah, um, I, I think <laughs> my my first reaction though was um, that the show ended in the way we all thought lots of fanfics should end, which was, and then the ship blew up and they all died. <laughs> the end. Which was kind of the way it ended. I well, mean, it, 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 it you know. I, um, the, um, well, the people on the Enterprise did not die, right? That's true. That, and well, most uh, the of people them. on, if they were people, if there were any people on uh, whatever was the big ship that Leland had, because right. it sounds like on the little ships, there, there weren't any people. That's right. There were no people. I don't think there were any ships at all on any of the Section 31 ships, so I'm assuming that means there were none on his ship, which was kind of convenient because it meant that you didn't have to feel bad about the ships getting blown <laughs> up, right? Like, there were no humans being uh, this, this is true. This is blown true. to so, um, so the end of the show is that Enterprise is Enterprise and Spock's there and he shaves off his beard and he trims his eyebrows, which I got to say looked a little weird to me, but whatever. Um, and then they go off to have their adventures and Discovery goes through the wormhole into some future. And I have questions about that. Yeah. And <laughs> Section 31 is kind of eliminated, but maybe not because it's not clear what happens. No, they, Ash they is going to be running it. Oh, that's right. He's in charge and yeah. they're going to change the charter of whatever it is they do. And they're not going to be bad guys anymore. Right. Um, and, and the whole then... thing is being hushed up. Yes, and then it turned into the most fanficiest thing ever, where they basically look at the camera and go, "And we will never speak of this again." Yes. <laughs> like, okay, sure, and that's it. Apparently, they never do. So, okay, <laughs> I get it that they did that with Spock, and they did that with Number One, and they did that with Pike, but all those other people on the Enterprise, four hundred and thirty-seven people uh -huh. or whatever, they knew was happening are they all sworn to secrecy every single one of them including you know the ship's embroiderer and the gym coach and yeah you know like they, they just all were like sure we have no problem keeping this a secret until the day we die we will never speak of it we will never put it in our personal diaries we will never tell our families nah that's just not going to happen really so they're just going to tell the family of all these people that the ship blew up Sorry, they're all dead, and they're never going to deliver all those messages. We spent a half an hour of screen time <laughs> watching people dictate. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Um, so that part kind of pissed me off, just because there's no way you could keep a secret that big. It no. just doesn't. People are people. They're going to talk. It always leaks. Always leaks. <sighs> If we have learned anything about conspiracies is that people cannot shut up about things, especially interesting, fun, cool things like a ship that went through a wormhole into the future. And an AI that nearly destroyed everybody. That's right. And so time that... crystals. And, um, <laughs> um, and one of the articles I read, I don't think it was one I sent you, said, and as we know from early in the season or last season or something – um, Starfleet has known about the mirror universe for quite some time, but that's another secret they kept. 
And I was going, wait, I, I didn't. I, I don't remember that. I don't either. And apparently Pike knew about it, you know, the way he winked at Giorgio. And yeah. Kirk didn't. This was news to him. I, I, uh, I can't. I just, I can't. I can't understand it. <laughs> okay, this could be a great podcast with uh, both of us going, yeah, I can't, just, I just can't. I can't, I can't. I just, I can't do it. I don't know. Um, so, okay, so there was all that. Um, so my, my other question, so, okay, here's one of like 7,000 questions that I have, but how many people were actually on Discovery? So, Apparently they, just they those, like, seven or eight we saw. But how were they able to, like, maneuver the ship through the last part of their, you know, having to follow Burnham and having to fight off the Section 31 ships? And there were, I mean, we saw the bridge crew, but it also looked like there were people that were running around in sickbay and, you know, people were injured. They weren't leaving the ship. There were people in engineering. There were people running through the corridors. It seemed like they had a pretty full they complement didn't, of They people. didn't all go to the Enterprise? I thought it was just like these, that bridge crew we saw. I thought so, too, but it sure didn't look like it. Just If you just uh. looked at sickbay, when Stamets was in sickbay and Culber was treating him, there was, like, loads of people who had been injured, and all the doctors were there. There were lots of people in there. Well, so. yeah, but I guess I just assumed that except for the doctors and engineers and stuff, you know, that all the rest of them got over to the Enterprise. But but they couldn't. I mean, by the time that they were ready to go through the wormhole, everybody who had decided to stay on the ship had to stay on the ship. There was no time for them to, to beam oh off or, or get I guess I thought they went earlier. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I maybe it will be explained. Maybe it will. Now, and here's the other thing, right? Giorgio was on Discovery. Yes! So how is she going to get her own show now? Like, did she jump in a shuttlecraft at the last second and get free or, or go? We didn't see that. They didn't explain it, but they also didn't... Um, I mean, they showed her on Discovery. Yes. She was there. Yes. So what happens? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the good thing about the time jump. Yes. We will never see Sarek again. <laughs> That makes you so happy. It does. We'll never see Sarah or Amanda, who I was getting really sick of. Mm. Uh, I thought it was okay. So now I'm going to tell my story. Okay. Uh, the story we were going to open with. Go ahead. That's correct. So uh, I, I have a friend who I've been friends with for forever and uh, he loves Star Trek, original Star Trek more mm -hmm. than anything else. And we often watch episodes when we can. So I had been telling him about this, about Discovery, and he hasn't seen any of it at okay. all. Like, so he was visiting me over the weekend and I said, want, you want to watch a little bit just to see what it looks like? And he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we, we started watching part one of the finale. And uh, because he hasn't watched anything or heard anything about it, I had to do sort of a running narration on who these characters were so that he would understand. So as you might remember, it opens with Sarek meditating by the ocean. Yes. And so the very first thing my friend says to me is an ocean on Vulcan. <laughs> I was like, I know, just go with it. So maybe it's a holographic ocean. Maybe I, maybe I don't know, but I just thought that was an odd choice. Yes, you know, yes. Like, what? Okay. So, so then we go into it, and I'm having to explain who all the characters are. And every time I have to say a thing, and the words come out of my mouth, I realize <laughs> how ridiculous it sounds, yes. and that it's getting more ridiculous <laughs> as I go on. So it's like, okay. There's Beardy Spock. Okay, that's fine. Here's our crew. There's Saru. He's a Kelpian. Okay, that's fine. Um, here's some enhanced people with cybernetic implants. But they're not Borg. Remember, they're not Borg. They're just normal people with implants. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, we see Georgiou. And I have to go, oh, that's Georgiou. She's a captain, but she's actually from the Mirror Universe. And he's like, where she the was Mirror the Universe? emperor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, the mirror universe? I said, yeah, that was last season. <laughs> and it happened, and now she's here. And he said, okay. And then we go along a little further, and I have to go, that's the spore drive, and that allows them to jump instantaneously across the galaxy. But we don't really understand it because it's based on mushrooms. And he's like, all right. And then we get to the part where Leland runs up on the bridge, and I say, 
that's the guy who's in charge of Section 31, and he's not really a guy. He's a dead body that's animated by an evil AI from the future. And at that point, my friend just puts his face in his hands, and he's like, what is this show about, and why are you watching it? What is going on? So, yeah, it was like that and just everything. Um, I, I hadn't thought about the totality of Discovery. Yes, and when you have to yes. explain it to someone with all these little pieces that fall into place, it really does sound like the ravings of a very mad person. So, Did the two yep. of you watch both episodes? We did not. We only Okay, I was going to say, 20... I cannot imagine. <laughs> no, no. We only watched about 20 minutes of the first half of the finale, and then he said, I've had enough. Let's, let's, can we watch something else now? So... <laughs> Oh, the so, poor guy. <laughs> so I just wonder if like other folks have had that experience. You know, I can't imagine jumping into the finale of Discovery with no prior knowledge or, or you know, having someone try to explain it to you and make sense of all these crazy, crazy things pulled from, you know, different parts of canon and different things and trying to make it all make sense i i I mean it was hard enough for me to follow what was going on right and i've been watching it you and i have watched all of them and when we start talking about it we always end up going well who was that why did they do this what you know (laughs) yep it was just like that so yeah oh my god it it was so you know we talked before in the last episode about um how nonstop it has been and it felt like the finale aside from a few you know character development things where as you said they were you know recording these goodbye messages and there were some parts where there was some nice emotional stuff going on but in general all of this stuff is happening and then there's the space battles with like hundreds of little ships that are flitting around and I visually could not really see what was going on because there was too much happening on the screen. Oh, well, that's the way I felt. And also on the hundreds of little ships. Okay, I don't know what they were. Um, at one point, somebody said something about armed shuttlecraft, but I was yeah. going, okay, between two ships, they have 3,000 little armed shuttlecraft. Really? But I what know. I was, when that came on, I went, Okay, I haven't seen Star Wars since like, you know, 1980, so I don't know what they're doing now. But I thought maybe this is very Star Wars, but in my experience, this looks very Battlestar Galactica. It really does. I I think I have to say the tendency in TV shows and even in movies when there's space battles Mm -hmm. is that there's so much happening. You really do not understand what's going on. And that's a huge problem. And I, I feel like people who direct these scenes are just so in love with the technology Mm -hmm. and the ability to put 3,000 little ships on the screen at the same time. Mm -hmm. They really forget that as an audience, you have to be able to understand who's firing at who, like who's the bad guy, which ship is which, are they moving? Are they hanging still in space? Like, well, and I think the, the key is to focus on individual characters that we know, Mm-hmm. You know, what they are doing in the battle, which we didn't see because they all stayed on the big ships. Yeah. You know, yeah. none of them went out in the, in the little ships. And I have to tell you, this thing phenomenon that you just described is not limited to space battles because um, I've been watching Game of Thrones. I love watching uh-huh. it. It's not, you know, sinking into my DNA like the way Star Trek does, but I had, I'm having a very good time with it. But I am so dreading tomorrow night's episode because, first of all, it's going to be nothing but a battle. And it's also going to be one of its longest episodes. And so when it's all people in armor and with things over their heads and faces and horses in the mud, just swinging at each other and everything, I'm going, I know at the end, a lot of these people are going to be dead and I will have missed their deaths because I can't (laughs) see what the hell is going on. Really? How long is that episode going to be? I don't know. I just read that it's one of their longest, so it might be like an hour and a half. But the last episode, you know, everybody um, or, you know, a lot of the things I read about it after I watched it was, oh, my God, what an emotional episode. I was just falling apart and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just we had to focus on every single character Mm -hmm. and what they were doing and thinking and who they were talking to on the night before the (laughs) battle. And I was like, oh, God, please, you know, Night King and his army of the dead, do a surprise attack right now. Don't wait for morning. I just, you know, I just get impatient with that. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I get impatient with that too. Um, I, I also get really impatient and I did get super impatient during the finale couple of times. And I know I've said this before, but when the clock is counting down, <laughs> you can't have people having long conversations with each other and pretend that time is now stopped because it's not right and, and oh my god if the clock just... is counting down to something that's really big and somebody comes up and says well i have to tell you my feelings about your change <laughs> no later if we survive because right now my feelings about you are what kind of stupid fuck up are you Really, it, and it happened several times right in the the climactic scenes, and it, it, with the scene with Spock and Burnham was particularly oh, egregious. You yes. know, they were just like going on and on and on, and it's like seconds. We have seconds. Yep. You know, the thirty-one ships they're attacking, and plus, I did not know where Spock and Burnham were in relation to the rest of the stuff that was going oh, on because I know. it was really badly detailed like are they close are they far are they protected why aren't people attacked i don't know i can't yeah. tell any of this stuff and i felt like so much of that and so much of the goodbye letters was just padding to stretch it to two episodes yeah it, it definitely felt like there was padding i completely agree with that now i have so, a question uh, though yes about what may be an inconsistency remember they tried to um to blow up discovery Yes. In the, the first part, I think. And they found uh -huh. out, oh, the AI is protecting itself. It can't do, can't be killed. So why were they, why was, <laughs> in the second part, why were they getting fired on and things flying off the ship and the ship's about to be destroyed and the shields are down? I'm going, what the fuck is the AI doing? Yeah. But why I, are they? That seemed weird. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I I'm glad you agree because that that was one thing that jumped out at me. Yeah, it seemed very specific. It seemed weird that it would be so specific that it wouldn't do a self-destruct, but yet it wouldn't do other things to try to protect itself. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's that aware, you'd think it would it be taking over some of the ship controls and trying to do a better job of protecting the actual physical structure of the ship. Right. So, yep, I agree. That was weird. It, it there should have been more in there. I, I don't know. I I felt like the people who make the show um, knew that the set designers and, and those folks were going to just have such a good time blowing shit up <laughs> and making sparks fall on the bridge and throwing people around and falling down turbo lifts and, you know, all the rest <laughs> of it that they just were like, just go, just do it. Do like, it. Whatever you want to do, just, we're going to film it all and we'll figure it out in post. Oh, yeah, just... we accidentally have a whole bunch of budget left over and we're letting you have it. <laughs> really, just go. <laughs> exactly. And I got to say, um, the photon torpedo threw the saucer of the Enterprise? <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh. <laughs> it yeah. was so strange. I mean... First of all, are photon torpedoes that big? I was not under the impression that they were that big. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I, I was under the impression from TOS that when Kirk said fire photon torpedoes and we'd see the ship and these like beams of light would come out, I didn't think they were actual torpedoes. Yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> okay. Although I think in, in one of the movies... In, in at least one of the movies, and maybe it's in Wrath of Khan, we see them actually arming the photon torpedoes, and they're physical, right? And that's the thing that, that they put Spock in at the end. It's a photon yes. torpedo casing. So those were physical, and they were small. They were the size of people, essentially. Mm -hmm. A coffin, um, yeah. Not the size of, like, uh, you know, however big that thing would have to be, <laughs> that you could see it from space stuck in the saucer section. Right, and where do they and store then, it on the ship if they have several of them? And they're all this size. Yeah, exactly. So then it gets there, and then it blows up, and um, Pike is protected by a blast door. He's on the other side of this thing. He's six feet away from it. And the blast door is keeping him from being vaporized. I don't buy that I at know, all. I Not know. at all. Yep. I was, so I was very glad to see that Admiral go, though. I had gotten very tired of her, too. <laughs> Does she have nothing um, else to do but babysit the Enterprise? Yeah, you'd think that they would have given her a little more to do. Um, I, I, I wish... I was sad to see her go because I was hoping that they could have done more with her. Mm -hmm. Like she was an interesting character and 
they they could have developed her more, I thought, and, mm-hmm. and just have her not babysit the Enterprise. You know, I yeah. would have liked to have seen her be an admiral and mm-hmm. be more in charge. Like she was at the beginning when we first met her. She seemed very plugged into what was happening in Starfleet and whatever the, the grand plan was for the Klingon War and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess that's just never going to happen. Um, but I will say that the... Um, Petition to give Pike his own show uh, has seemingly been at least successful in getting the attention of the Star Trek showrunners. I know that's so exciting. It's very exciting. I, I just cannot believe that they wouldn't do it because they've got the actors, they've got the sets, they've got the costumes. There are any number of people who could write amazing scripts for a thing mm-hmm. like that. You're never going to run out of ideas. Like, just do it. Just yeah. fucking do it. People are going to eat that shit up. Just do right. it. But I got to tell you, I am not um, warming to this iteration of number one because in the um, like original pilot, when Major was playing number one and they hadn't decided mm-hmm. yet that Spock was 100% logical, she was almost playing it Spock-like, right? Yeah, yeah, and for sure. And this one is is a smart ass. And I'm going, where did that come yeah. from? Because when she's being debriefed, she's going, yeah. And like I told you mm-hmm. six times before, I'm going, uh, number one, what what's going on there? But yeah, but I'll, I'll put up with her if if <laughs> Anson Mount is Captain Pike. Yeah, for sure. He's he's yeah. the ticket. Oh, he's so good. He's just so incredibly good in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a wonderful actor, and I love him in this role. It's just, it, it he's dreamy. Um, I, I, and it's wonder... an opportunity for him, <clears throat> the actor, to make a shitload of money because oh, he yeah. knows that without him, there's no show. That's correct. So yeah, the good fans for him. have made that very that. clear. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just wonder how they're going to, uh. If they do it, if they do it, what's going to be the the relationship between him and Pike and number one, right? I mean, him and Spock, rather. Pike, Spock, and number one. So the three of them on the bridge Mm -hmm. could be a very interesting combination if it's handled correctly by the writers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we don't know a lot about Pike and number one as far as what their relationship is. Now we've been given this huge backstory with Pike and Spock. And then what about Spock and number one? Like, what is their relationship like? Well, that's where there's there's room for development. But also, we do know a little bit about Pike and number one from the cage, you know, when the um, Delosians bring her down and say, this woman has lusted after you or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope they don't decide to run with that aspect of it. You know, really, she, you know, she might have had a crush on him. And you get over a crush. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't have a crush on him, frankly? I'm sure, as with Kirk's Enterprise, most of the crew have a crush on the captain. Well, and, you know, who can blame them? Who can blame them? Um, but I would, I bet, even if there's no show, in my mind, this is happening, that the three of them, like, late at night, go into a very isolated part of the Enterprise and talk about discovery. And, <laughs> I'm sure they do. And Spock I'm goes, sure I miss do. Michael. You know? <laughs> And Pike goes, you know, I was captain of that ship for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I did a damn good job. Everybody I was loved great. me. That's right. <laughs> I, I was captain of two ships at the same time. It yeah. was amazing. I loved it. I was fleet captain, but I didn't have the title yet. <laughs> <laughs> and number one is like, could you guys just come back to Earth, please? <laughs> we have things to do. But um, anyway, I, I was just thinking of it because... In TOS, right, it's, yes. it's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and they each, you know, different aspects that mm-hmm. are required. So if you have Pike, Spock, and number one, I think what you're lacking there is the McCoy aspect uh, where yeah. it's the, you know, the down-to-earth humanity that you have to have because otherwise it, it's it's too sterile and cold. And maybe Pike they're... needs both of those things. Well, you know, Pike is not Kirk, and maybe... Uh, he he plays a lot of the humanity role himself. I don't know. Hmm. That could be. Could be. Well, I hope to God that they do the series and that they give it some really, really good writers and showrunners oh. who understand how to do it because it would just be amazing. And I hope they do it more episodically. You know? Yes. Like yes. And I hope season three of Discovery, when they get to the future, 
that they don't get suddenly involved in a war or, you know, some great mystery that they have to solve over the, the next 12 episodes or something. Let's see them exploring this. Mm -hmm. I agree. I I think, well, I have a lot of questions about that. I tell you what, let's take a little break because now we've been talking for quite a while. And then let's, let's talk about the future. The future. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. We're in the future now. We're in the future that's a few minutes later than where we were before. So, <laughs> okay. we're, we're in, you know, we're always going in the future. Anyway, that's true. so here's what I was trying to work out. The, <laughs> God, it sounds so stupid. So the evil AI from the future, mm-hmm. right? That the squid robot that attacked their shuttlecraft while they were in the wormhole. Remember right? when that yeah, happened? Yeah, Remember that yeah. was part of an episode. Um, that was from the future that Burnham's mom was in, where all of the sentient life had been destroyed by this evil AI, correct? Okay. <laughs> I think that I think that's right. I'm, okay, I'm with okay, you. Yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah. yeah. So she she was from the far future, the like 950 years in the future, and there was no sentient life, and she'd been all over the place and looked for it and couldn't find anything. So um, that was what she was trying to prevent happening was for from mm-hmm. the evil AI for making it happen. Okay, so in our hour, in Discovery's reality, they did it. They prevented the evil AI from taking over and destroying all sentient life. That's so the what I thought, that Disco- yeah. Yeah, so the future that Discovery goes to is not the future that Burnham's mom has been living in. Right. It's a different future. Right. So is she going to be there, or does that mean she didn't, like so did that not change her being in the future and coming back and well it's hard to say to... because she connected with their reality too yeah i no so one has maybe said the, the word... reality she was in like merged into the new reality which was oh yeah. phew, thank god somebody did it you know i don't yeah, know yeah no one said the word multiverse yet, and I was waiting for that. Like, yeah. oh, it's a different timeline, or this creates a different universe, or like maybe they will. Maybe that's going to be the deal in in season three that they'll actually start talking about it. But it it seemed like um, they didn't explicitly comment on the fact that the future that they went to could be anything, right? It could right. be um, a better one. It could be a worse one. It could be nothing. Yes. You know, maybe by the time that they, they are going, there's nothing left. The, few, the universe is over at that point because something cataclysmic occurred. Okay. Now I have, oh God, time travel is such a mind bender. It's horrible. So we found out that Burnham was sending the seven signals, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so they really had nothing to do with the Red Angel. I don't know. <laughs> I. It like sounds maybe, like, you know, when they went to that planet where there there were the people who had been saved by the Red Angel. Yeah, um, yeah. If that, and one of them saw her. So if that was Burnham that he saw, that means Burnham can hop back and forth in her, her little angel suit. Well, she did. I mean, so that was what happened at the end, right? She She had to go back in time to make all those angel signals happen. And right. she only knew knew about them because her mom had been there previously. So it, she was only able to make the signals because she knew about her mother coming oh, back okay. from the future to do it. I, I think that's right. I think okay, that's well, at one point when she was explaining this all to Spock and to us, she said, um, and I put a signal at 
Tanilidar or whatever that planet mm-hmm. was called, where there were the people who were saved. Yeah. So we would know we had a place to go. So that oh. the implication is that that planet and those, at least that planet survived into the future. Oh. So maybe they have a place to go to, you know, get food and fresh air and things. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. So, all right. I, I, I totally missed that bit. Oh, that Gee, was I can't the part that... why I would have. <laughs> that was the one thing that jumped out at me when she was explaining why they, why they made all these, you know, why they were following the signals, why yeah. she set them where she did. And all of them, you know, made sense. But for some reason, yep. that one implied to me that the future is not nothing. Right, right. Well, you're probably correct. Um, I can't believe I missed that in all of the stuff that was going on. So, really? You know, <laughs> I just wasn't paying enough attention. Um, I guess not. So, <laughs> um, so then, okay. So they make a big fucking deal out of saying that the time crystal, the time crystal, even me saying, I had to say that to my friend as well. It's like, yeah, they have time crystals. And he's like, what? Like, oh, yeah. Forget it. They have time crystals. Yeah. Um, the time crystal that was in her suit only had enough power to get her through the wormhole to the future. Like that was the big deal. Oh, okay. That, See, that... I missed that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, yeah, we're, it's, it's like, you know, one last jump. This is the thing we can only go into the future and, and Michael can't come back. And that was, yeah, but uh, we've seen them do like six, one last jumps on the spore. Well, exactly. So, so they go, <laughs> So she leads them through the wormhole and they go to the future, but then she comes back one last time for the seventh signal to let Spock and them know that they're okay. So where did she get another time crystal? More power? Like, I guess maybe we'll figure that out in season three, but that just seemed really weird. Like, it's such a big deal out of her not being able to make any more jumps and right. then she makes that last jump well, maybe to show them. So The first thing they did when they ended up in the future was hustle off to that Klingon planet where the monastery was. It was the whole planet was made of time crystals or something. And if that was true, I mean, that planet would never be in the same place twice or the same time, you know? Uh Yeah. That you'd think so. Yeah. (laughs) It takes two of us to totally, or not even totally. We don't know what else we missed. (laughs) Get through this. But that was the first thing I thought of when they were like, oh, the time crystal can only do it once. And I was like, get another. Just in the future. Go. Get yeah. another one. Go to, go to the... that planet again. Get more. <laughs> they might be selling them in 7-Elevens by then. <laughs> they might in the future. Everybody's got one. You know? It's like, oh, I just got a new time crystal. Yeah, my old one was the wrong color. I wanted a better one. Very well, pretty. we know, we hope, I hope we both know this, that this is going to tie into that Calypso episode, right? Yes, yes. Okay. It has to, yeah. So it sounds like in that future, there's no Starfleet. Yes. So they have um, a big decision to make. Are we now just a bunch of people who have ended up here, or are we Starfleet? Yeah. I, I um, So one of the articles you sent me, which I will link to, it was in Wired, and it was um, talking about... Uh, What's next for yes. Discovery? And so um, they raised exactly that point. And I thought it was really good that they made the uh, connection with Voyager, right? Like that was kind of what Voyager was supposed to be, that they were cut off from Starfleet mm-hmm. and from everything else, the Federation that they'd known. And they were just this ship that was out in the middle of nowhere. And part of their struggle was going to be how they behaved as people and mm-hmm. as Starfleet officers, you know, were they going to continue to try to do this? And they examined that a little bit in the first season. And then they just kind of dropped it and it wasn't mm-hmm. a problem anymore, mm-hmm. which was disappointing. You know, that that's, if that's kind of the core of why you've created this artificial situation, you should look at it some more, but they never really dealt with it. You know, Voyager was Starfleet through and through. Mm-hmm. Everybody wore uniforms. Everybody behaved with the same kind of military organization mm-hmm. and precision that they'd always done, even after years and years of being in the Delta Quadrant. Like, really? They didn't change? Like, Yeah, at one point, wouldn't you think there would have been maybe not a mutiny, but something going, why, why is um, Janeway in charge? There's nothing yeah. backing her up. 
Yeah, exactly. You'd think that there would have been a real movement among at least part of the crew to like start having families, right? Mm -hmm. To to keep the population going, or maybe some of them would have wanted to settle on some of the yeah. planets that were out there. I don't remember if that actually happened. Maybe it mm -hmm. did in in some episodes, but. They, they never came to grips with what it mm -hmm. meant to be so cut off from the Federation. So if that's the plot for season three, I really hope that they grapple with it in a serious way and not just, you know, have mm -hmm. a, the, the, the bottle ship where everything stays exactly the same yeah. and they're just encountering different people. That would be kind of a cop out. Well, you know who did a very interesting job of that was Battlestar Galactica. Because mm -hmm. um, the woman played by Mary McCormack, I forget the character name, she was like uh, the last designated survivor when they, when everybody else died, you know, in the government. Mm -hmm. So, um, so she was in charge of this whole thing, even though what's his name was in charge of the ship. She was the government of the humans, mm -hmm. and there, there were people on board who were not happy about that. There was a movement against her. There was an election, and she lost. And you know, I mean, they really, they, they really did try to examine a lot of those things. It was part of what I thought made the show so interesting. Yeah, it would be really good, and I hope that they kind of play out um, some of the things that you know we've talked about, and and they've done on some of the Starfleet shows, specifically on Deep Space Nine, that the Federation aren't always the good guys, right? Like, mm hmm in terms of the other people who live throughout the galaxy, the Federation can really come off like bullies. You know, they're yes. not, they don't always have people's best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. They do kind of come in and, and, you know, like we're the Federation and we're taking over now. <laughs> and it can, it can really be like that. Sparkle. You can see how, yeah, over time, the Federation could really become um, this very authoritarian kind of thing. And maybe mm -hmm. it eats itself from the inside. So, I, I hope that they're able to, again, to examine that and to mm -hmm. look at it and to to do the right thing and not just pretend like, oh, the Federation was the best thing that yep. ever happened and we need to restore it to its former glory or something. You know, let's go back and <laughs> let's go back in time and make things like it used to be. Well, I hope that when they get there in their explorations, they do find other people and also other Kelpians because they don't yes. they've got one Kelpian now left in the whole mm -hmm. galaxy, maybe. And they do not have enough people for a viable gene pool. Mm -hmm. So, like, if they don't find those, they're all just going to die off eventually. And that'll be the end of whatever they were doing or trying to do or trying to build or have built. Mm -hmm. There, well... It, it remains to be seen what the future is going to look like. I mean, mm -hmm. a thousand years in terms of, you know, uh, physical evolution is nothing. That's mm -hmm. just a, a millisecond. In terms of cultural evolution, it's huge, right? Like lots of stuff can happen in a thousand mm -hmm. years. Um, so we'll see how that kind of thing plays out. And also, we don't know what the future is that they're going to. So. Mm -hmm. There could be any number of things and any number of species and any number of um you know, evolutions of culture along the way that I guess we'll just have to find out. Um, so and I really I... want to know how many, I want to know how many people are on the ship. That's the most important thing to me right now. Okay. Someone tell me how many people are on Discovery in the future. <laughs> well, um, and I have to think a thousand years when you consider how quickly our technology is growing by leaps and bounds mm -hmm. that um, what they're going to find if there is a, a, a society, you know, based on that, that grew from some parts of their society, that it's going to be really freaky. And I, I'm pretty sure somebody else will have time travel. And that could be how Giorgio goes back and gets her own show. Uh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably true. I mean, it, there's, there's no reason why the Klingons wouldn't keep experimenting with time travel. They've got a whole planet full of time crystals. So, right. And they yeah, join the not? Federation Yep. Eventually. Now, we don't know mm -hmm. that that lasts a thousand years. We don't know the Federation lasts a thousand years. Yep. Um, th there could be many things that happen, but that's a possibility, at mm -hmm. least, that that could go on. Now, um, this article, I think it was the same one, um, had a really interesting point that I'd never thought about, and I wondered what you thought. Okay. The author was saying, in Calypso, we saw a ship, but there were no people on the ship. Right. And so they said maybe it's the case that 
t because time travel is so freaky and weird and we don't really understand how all this works, maybe the physical ship arrived first and the people come later. So the ship really has been there for a while without any people on board. And then the people are going to like phase in a little bit later. And when they show up, they find out that their ship now has a sentient uh, computer that runs everything. And that could be extremely interesting, I thought. Yeah. Or because we don't know anything about time travel, maybe the ship ended up there, but they ended up mm -hmm. somewhere completely different. Yes. And maybe not in that time. Even. Mm -hmm. Yep, they could have ended up in a totally different place. So that that would be cool. You know, there's there's a lot of possibilities mm -hmm. there. I I was so surprised that they ended everything without any kind of glance forward to what season three is going to be. Because you know? they don't they, know. They, I, <laughs> Well, yeah, obviously, but, you know, for viewers, they go through the wormhole and let us never speak of them again. Yes. Like, okay, it, it's done. We're done now. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen. It just seems okay. so strange. Here's my big question. Mm -hmm. We're two seasons in. Was this planned from the start? <laughs> what a good question. Well, that's uh, what I, I, I have been wondering because, you know, they they were getting so much flack from everybody, yes. us included. Yes. But why doesn't everybody else have a spore drive? And blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. They said, look, let's just blast them out a thousand years. And we've already established it's Star Trek. We could do whatever mm -hmm. the fuck we want. Yep. I or agree. it could I, be we've okay. We have just really <laughs> fucked up this first season. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a plan. We need a plan, and it needs to be big. I don't know what it was, mm -hmm. and you know what? You will never get a straight answer from any person involved in it. <laughs> That's true, but you know we will find out twenty-five years from now when everybody's writing the books. Oh, you're planning like... on being around in twenty-five years? <laughs> well. <laughs> The people who are around in 25 years will be finding out when everyone's writing the true history mm -hmm. of discovery, an authentic oral history of discovery, yeah. and then they'll finally admit, like, yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We yep. were just making it up as we went along. Yeah, the USS oh, makes sure. shit up. Yep, exactly. Oh, God. So um, I, I am hopeful that the next season will have interesting themes and uh you know that they're going to examine some of these things more closely and that it will be totally unexpected and they won't have to try to make things fit in with canon anymore and it i think it'll feel like a very different show oh it really um, will and one of the other articles i sent you said so much or you know a certain percentage of the show in this first two seasons has sort of run on nostalgia for tos yes. and mm -hmm. now nope 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 you know, it's it it's all different. And they're the working without It'll, a net now. Yeah. So I, I'm in favor. I think that's really good. And if I want my nostalgia fix, I'll go watch the Captain Pike show because that'll be really good. <laughs> and uh, we can have both. Why not both? Why not? Both. Why not? Yeah. And it's yeah. since Discovery was sent 10 years before Kirk's Enterprise, it uh -huh. wouldn't even be like, well, we know that Pike only lives for another three years. We don't know when that happened, do we? No, when his I, big I accident where he, you know, ends up being crazy Pike? I'm sure that I could look it up in the Star Trek Wikipedia, and I'm not going to right now. Uh, but, um... Nope, nope. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. I don't need to know it. There's so much time though to tell stories mm -hmm. about Pike. You know, they could ugh, it could go on for a long time. Yeah, I hope they do it. I hope, I they, hope do they do it. too. Um, I wanted to mention this other article uh, that you'd mentioned uh, that was about Tig Notaro, which yes. uh, was was really good, and it was so good to see her on the show. She was really funny and yes. everything. And um, but I I did want to say again I had to explain to my friend that her name in the show is Jet Reno, and he looked at me Jet Reno that's her name, and <laughs> I was like you know it is kind of a weird name it's it, it's very much a Galaxy Quest name it isn't is it? like <laughs> you would think that she belonged on that ship yep oh, speaking so, of Galaxy uh, Quest did yes. you read the article I posted about Eddie Izzard? Oh, I I looked at it. I didn't read the whole you thing, but have um, that, to it doesn't read surprise it because me because he dissects the details the way we do, 
and he absolutely adores it. I can, and I was thinking, oh my god, I cannot imagine how much fun it would be to watch <sighs> Galaxy Quest with Eddie Izzard. Oh, he probably would do all the dialogue right along with it, like the well, way we do sometimes when we watch it. Read the article. He's, you know, he's looking at it from an actor's perspective, and he's looking at it, you know, from a Star Trek perspective. It's really funny. And the article starts out by saying, um, one of the very best Star Trek movies isn't even a Star Trek movie. And I went, okay, you, yeah, you said it. That's me. You know, I always say it's my second favorite right after Wrath of Khan. Definitely. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad that people are acknowledging that. It's such an important thing to to do, to say, yes, it is a Star Trek movie. It absolutely is. And it's one of the best ones that they ever made. Right. Yeah. So the article is on our Facebook for those of you who don't follow it and are going, what's she talking about? Go to our (laughs) Facebook, look at his butt and it'll be, you know, somewhere in the top. I haven't posted that much since then. And I think, you know, if you're an Eddie Izzard fan or a Galaxy Quest fan, or hopefully both, you will really enjoy it. Oh, that's great. That It doesn't surprise me at all that he would love that movie because it's very much his style, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, it's, and, and he's it's, a Star Trek fan. I mean, you know, I've seen the, the uh, DVD of one of his, you know, earlier shows where he does a whole bit on why does the phaser only have those settings? You know, why don't you have a phase, a setting that, that makes them think they left the gas on at home? You know, <laughs> that's on, I think that's on YouTube, that routine. And I encourage everyone to watch it. I'll see if I can find the link to it. But I, um, what's the phaser set to a uh, slight cough? Yes. Right? <laughs> You're running after the ice cream truck. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God, so funny. Yep. So very funny. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Um, let's see. So in there's hardly anything else that's been happening that's not Discovery related. <laughs> Every goddamn thing I see in the news is all about Discovery. Yes. And, uh, the petition and potential new things, and nobody's going to talk about what season three is going to be about. Um, but it is completely wide open now. I wonder... You know, for the people who were uh, left behind, let's say Ash Tyler, for mm-hmm. example, like, I guess we're not going to see him again. I think I... he's going to be in the show with Giorgio if he's now in charge of Section Oh, that's 31. right, of course. That's true. So we might also see that Klingon woman that, you know, he has a child with. That's right. We might see them. That's true. I, I totally forgot about that. So that so that's interesting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if part of the reason for throwing Discovery, the ship, way, way into the future was to get out of all these canon uh, tangles, mm-hmm. but then they have a Section 31 show that's still set in the 10 years before TOS. Mm-hmm. They haven't really gotten rid of the problem, have they? They've just sort of moved it laterally to a different well, show. Well, there is a lot less canon on Section 31 because that's in true. canon, in what we saw on TV and movies, it wasn't even mentioned until DS9. Yeah, that's true. But, but I mean, if if they're still existing in the same time frame, mm-hmm. they could be pulling from so much stuff, right? Like things that have been referenced and stuff yeah. that was TOS and TNG and, and all the rest of it. So I guess maybe that was a way for them to hang on to the, the nostalgia obsession that you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's like, true. That's yeah, true. I can't quite give it up. And maybe it would, you know, I got to think that if they're going to do the Pike show, that they're going to have to interact at some point. Well, they know yeah. Each other. I just love that so many people feel and recognize Pike the same way we do. Yeah. And are going, we must have more of him. There's so much crap on TV. And they're, yeah. throw, they're throwing it at us all the time and we don't want to watch it. We're begging you. <laughs> this is what we want to watch. Oh, well, I, I don't see how anybody could watch him and not recognize what a great character that is mm-hmm. and what a great job he does as oh, that character. Oh, my God, that yes. Is, you know, he inhabits him the way that, that, that Bill was inhabiting her. Yeah, you know, and he wrote a couple of very nice goodbye tweets and saying, you know, what a great time and what an honor it was to be on that show and to play that character and that the fans have been so great. And of course, you know, you can see him at conventions and stuff now, but he's got to keep going with Pike. Yeah. Maybe they'll, it's just... maybe they'll do a Pike movie. A movie? And it won't be part of the, 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 the crappy new track. 
I don't want a movie. I want a TV show well, that's every okay. week where they go to a different planet. <laughs> okay, and they, do, they do episodes. Bites. Okay, but it won't be, um, you know, in the, what did you call them, the Jar Jar Abrams universe? Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> but if they do it, I want them to be more honest about it this time. If they are truly set in the period 10 years before Kirk, they cannot run into tri- Tribbles or yes. Trelane. Yeah. You have some I imagination. Agree. You can't do that. It was one thing when TNG, you know, had them get that same naked time disease because at least mm-hmm. that was in the past. It could happen again. No, you mm-hmm. can't do that. And you can't have top secret. Nobody's ever going to talk about the Tribbles or Trelane anymore, <laughs> you know, at the end of every episode. No way. I mean, come on. It's just like... Isn't the universe bigger than that? <laughs> I was just, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, goddamn, you know, there are three seasons of Star Trek where they almost every single episode was something new and different and they can't do that now. Yeah. You know, without going back to the well again and mm-hmm. again and again, mm-hmm. they can't find enough writers to come up with, you know, a one season of however many episodes it's going to be 12 episodes or something where there's mm-hmm. new and different stories going on. That's ridiculous. And I do not want to see a visit ideas. from Cadet Kirk. No. Oh, God, no. Oh, that would be the worst. Yes. That would be the worst. No, they, if they're going to do Pike, they, they just got to do it differently. Mm-hmm. New stories, new people, new characters. You know, yep. they, they can work within that framework without having to go back to, to people that we've seen too mm-hmm. many times before. Yep. That's, That's, what That's what we want. That's what we want. And we know best, so we, we should do. be the ones making these decisions. Oh, yes. I know. I feel that way about so many things lately. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not in charge? <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. Good. Well, we've sorted that out, so that's good. That's, <laughs> that's done. all sorted, that's all as the sorted. Brits say. <laughs> yes. We know it's going to happen now. We've made the right decisions. Yes. Everybody can be on the correct oh, path. Oh, that would okay, be good. so awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we've had this meeting. Yes. And, um... <laughs> but we didn't get any donuts. Who was supposed to do that? Oh, that is true. Um, I was thinking about you the other day because I, I was uh, at I went to a client meeting and um, they didn't have a beer cart as your work does, <laughs> but they did have a little. Um, beer and fried chicken thing uh, in the afternoon and that was the best fried chicken oh. I ever had it was like Japanese fried chicken oh that's and a big thing now is um you know is. this unusual fried chicken things starting to pop up because yeah, we've got really, and I haven't really had good. it yet Korean fried chicken oh that's there's good. a lot of different ones around Chicago now well, it was really good, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Imagine all the different kinds of fried food they're going to have in the future. <laughs> it's going to be amazing, and you'll be able to eat as much of it as you want, and you'll never get sick, and you'll never gain weight or anything. Oh, wouldn't it's gonna that be, be nice? Yeah. I would like to be there now. Well, then I will hold on to live that long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, that's basically all I had. Uh, as we know, you know, Bill's doing a million things. He's doing lots of uh, con appearances right now. I think he's been, he's done like three cons in the past week or something. He's well, all over the place. Well, this weekend he's in Denver mm-hmm. doing, I forget what it's called, something, track something. Anyway, because I put a thing on Facebook, you know, listeners who are in Denver, please go and, and do a report for us. And we've lined up a potential reporter to report on the Star Trek exhibit at the Henry <gasps> Ford Museum. Oh, good. Yes, I saw that in the news. I went amazing. to a billion times as a kid growing up in the Detroit area. And all it was then was, you know, old cars and machines, which fascinated a lot of people. But to a bunch of little kids, it's like, <sighs> so the Star Trek is great. That's good. Um I will also say that the um, documentary about Deep Space Nine, which oh. they've been making for a while, which is being made by the people who made Deep Space Nine, yeah. is going to be playing in theaters for one night in May, I think. And then eventually it's going to be um, available as a, a DVD type release. And it looks really good. They so you will a... go, right? Because you watch. I think I am. Well, I yeah, think you should. I you watch Deep Space Nine, and I never did. So I don't know that, yeah. um, you know, I would... I would be asking the person next to me, regardless of whether it was you or not, what was that? Who was that? When did they do that? 
<laughs> I think I want to see it. So yeah, I think I'm going to go to that. I, I they've been showing. Um, what channel is it? Is it Heroes and Icons? I think they That's have a where block they show of Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they show it in order, which I appreciate. So you mm-hmm. know, they do TOS and TNG. I know. I think then, that's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So I I watched an episode of Deep Space Nine the other night. It was um, to people who know that show, it was the baseball one. Oh, where <laughs> I I at least know there is a baseball one because people talked about it so yeah. much. Yeah. So it's. Um, Cisco has to settle a score with this Vulcan guy who he's been intensely competitive with since the Academy days. Mm-hmm. And it's so the Deep Space Nine crew has to play a team of Vulcans. It's a comedy episode, as I you can see. expect, but it's really good. It, there's a lot of funny stuff in it. And the best, best part, the best line in the whole episode is when uh, the Deep Space Nine crew, the Niners, take the field <laughs> And uh, they're waiting for the Vulcans to come up to bat. And the first one does. And they go, okay, let's get some infield chatter. So the humans all know what to say. They're like, hey, batter, batter, you know, mm-hmm. like yelling and stuff. And the non-human folks are trying to come up with it. And then there's a little pause. And they all look at Worf, who hasn't said anything. <laughs> and he goes sort of sheepishly, death to the opposition. <laughs> God, Michael Dorn is so fucking funny. He is just like so good in that moment, playing it mm-hmm. completely straight and saying the only thing that he can possibly contribute to the conversation. Right, right. It's just it's wonderful. Um, so good. I meant to tell you this ages ago. It was during, I think, maybe maybe it was during season two of Discovery, but you know, I was reading summaries and everything, and one article was talking about, you know, these long arcs. He goes, I really miss having a comic episode. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. me too. It's true. I, and I, I, and I it develops that... the characters in a way that the, um, the danger and, the, and, and everything like that doesn't. Or you can have one with danger. I mean, there's danger in the Tribble episode. There's danger sure. in the Gangsters episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think Trek actually, overall, like all of the Treks, um, did a pretty good job with comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was like they had actors who were good enough to pull it off for one thing. And they never sacrificed, as you say, the story or the danger just to have the comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the TNG episodes where they did them, where Picard did his detective thing. You know, mm-hmm. that was pretty funny, but there was a real story there as well. It wasn't just about him getting to dress up like, uh, you know, Sam Spade or something. Right. It, it, there was a story attached, but yet there was this very arch comedy laid over the top of it that was quite good. So, well, also yep, in, many of, in many of the non-comic episodes, there would still be some lighthearted exchanges, you know, mm-hmm. between the characters that we really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And when they did it on Discovery, it was great. You mm-hmm. know, there were whenever anybody was cracking wise or, you know, Reno as she's running into the elevator mm-hmm. and saying, the elevator, the turbo lift, and saying, get off my ass. And then they all look at her and she's like, oh, sir, sorry, get off my ass, sir. <laughs> or when uh, Michael said to Spock, you think the beard is working? <laughs> I mean, we need that. We need that from Star Trek. Yeah, because that's the way people are, that they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be snarky to each other and they're going to, you know, yeah. pick on things. And yeah, they... That's how people are, so they should do it. Yep. So, yes, I agree. Oh, all right. Uh, anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to uh, bring up before we go? No, I think we've hit it all. <laughs> I think so. So, listeners, let us know what you thought about the finale and whether you had as many questions and as many frustrations as we did, because I bet you did. I bet you did, and we want to hear about it. <laughs> we do want to hear about it. So, uh, we should. Um, Maybe I'll, I'll do a poll on our Facebook page that's like, what was your single biggest problem with the finale? <laughs> you know, and I'll list like five things and then people can write in the thing that they wanted to right, do. Right, yeah, that would be great. That would be very funny. Okay, good. So um, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the show. We will be back in a couple of weeks with lo- loads and loads more stuff to talk about because there's always things going on and I'm sure Bill will have done even more things to, to mention by then. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So until next time, listeners, thank you all for for being fans of the show and listening. We love you all. And live long and potluck. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.